and you are listening to my podcast, One Mom to Another. I'm really excited about today's episode. We're into December now and Christmas, and I've got Daniel here with me, and we are going to talk about Christmas movies. Um, movies play a big big part in the Anderson family. We enjoy movies. We enjoy the movie theater. And we most especially enjoy Christmas movies. And so we thought that we would spend some time and share some of our favorites. Now, um, my son and I, Daniel, and I have a podcast called Anderson Family Favorites in which we discuss movies. And um, and we thought that we would just kind of bring our Anderson Family Favorite episode over here to one mom to another. So we're having kind of a crossover. Um which I'm really excited about. And so, Daniel, um, I'm going to switch the hosting responsibilities and hand it over to Dee, and we will discuss our favorite Christmas movies. And uh, dis- discuss what our top seven, is that what we decided, Dee? Yeah, I think one, two, three, f- yeah, seven. Top seven. Seven movies. Yep. And uh, so excited for this podcast. I think we're doing a little bit of a stretch, you know, one mom to another. It's just going to be movie night pretty much, I think. And maybe I'm inviting a, a fist fight or a wrestling match from my, my siblings for this. But I'm going to go on a limb. You know, I think you and I, Mom, we just love movies. as we do. Like, Movies as a pastime. I, I would venture a guess that if either one of us had a free evening, no commitments, nothing we could do, we would choose going to the movie theaters. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, buying treats, the whole nine. Yes. I don't, this is a little something about me. I actually like, I know treats brought with you are much more cost effective. I actually love nothing more than movie popcorn, a giant tub. Something yes. about the, the Coke and the Diet Coke coming out of that fountain. It just tastes better. It's it just tastes better. better. Popcorn or red vines. Oh, red vines from the movie theater. It's the best. And just yeah. grabbing the treats and going. I, I've even gone by myself to movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's easy to yeah. get one seat, especially on yeah. a pack. <laughs> yeah, that's and, right. Uh, so anyway, I, I, I love talking about movies with you. I'm so excited, you know, for this chance to do that. I have so many fun family memories of, of you know, movie nights. We order a pizza, which was just like, you know, the, the treat of all treats. And then mm-hmm. laying a blanket down in the living room and watching, you know, movie nights as a, as a family and try to look past your insistence that we chop a salad and serve that <laughs> pizza. You could never just let us order a pizza and have a pizza night. We always had to have this <laughs> bowl of chopped salad. And I remember Eric and I just shoveling down the salad as quick as we could, almost <laughs> like in an attempt to just tell ourselves, we didn't have salad. It's just pizza. Like the, the salad's gone, satisfied that requirement. So mom, you know, you wouldn't be on our case about eating some vegetables and then 
just having pizza and pretending to ourselves that it was truly a pizza night. So uh, anyway, yeah. So I, I, again, just love talking movies with you. It's something we do even when the, a lot of times when the recorder is not running, right? The, right. the, the video is not running. So um, it'll just be like a, a typical conversation talking about our favorite Christmas movies, which, you know, Christmas is probably the genre with the, the deepest list, the deepest roster of. Yeah. Of yeah, and there and there are some great Christmas movies, and it, and it's a great way to spend some some family time. You know, we've got a lot of COVID restrictions, and maybe some of our favorite things to go do, exactly. you know, aren't aren't we aren't able to do this year? But yeah, absolutely, in the okay. Anderson home, it doesn't matter. <laughs> we we watch Christmas movies and movies, you know, all the, all the time. So why don't we why don't we go ahead and dive in? And it should be mentioned, you know, you talk about our, our podcast, Anderson Family Favorites. Each one of these movies we're going to talk about could probably be its own episode. Of yeah. That. So this is going to be kind of like a one of those episodes on 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 steroids here. Yep. Okay, let's start at the top of our list with a. Anderson family favorite, if there ever was one, A Christmas Story. Oh, yes. The recounting of a young boy and his quest to use the Christmas giving season as a means to procure his uh, dream gift of a red rifle range model air. (laughs) With a a compass on the stock. Yes, BB gun. (laughs) Now, the first time we ever watched this movie was in Ohio. And maybe you were too young to remember that as the first time. But we were over at the Morris for some of our friends, John and Sue Mori, um, for Thanksgiving pie, I, I think it was. And we sat down and, and watched that movie. And I fell in love with it. We, we continued to watch it. And I, you probably remember watching it with the Gowers. All the time. All yeah. The time. When, the Gowers were our friends in Indiana that we would go spend some time with, have a Thanksgiving pie, and then watch and watch it. So it's been a staple in our family for for decades. It's so great. It is zany and goofy. It's exaggerated because it's you know from the memory of a of an adult, and just right. like we all sort of exaggerate everything that happens in our childhood. It was all bigger <laughs> and more dramatic. Right. But there's right. There's so many instances that are true to life that anyone who has ever 9, 10, 11, 12 looks at and just laughs so oh, yeah. hard from the kid brother bundled up to his eyeballs going down the snow. <laughs> yeah. Well, to see those ki- all the kids in their snow suits because, you know, that was my life. We lived in snow country for, for years. <laughs> just, just bundled. They can't put my arms down. You know? No, no. <laughs> And off you send your kids and they're just kind of scooting along in the snow. <laughs> and and as the, the moment too, as a parent rewatching it, it's really funny too, because you really, I really connect with Ralphie's poor mom more than I ever did, you know, watching it as a kid when she's bundling up Randy. Right. A, 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 no exaggeration, 15 minute process to yes. get this kid bundled. And then, you know, finds out he has to use the bathroom. So it's right. like winding the... <laughs> The scarf gets unwound and right. everything gets taken off. Oh, so I remember that. Well, you guys would go out to play, you know, just you had to stay out for a while because that, that, that undoing, doing and it's undoing. A it's a commitment. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Everyone involved needs to get the return on investment for the, you know, the, the half hour spent gearing everybody up. Right. Right. You know, even his, uh, you know, even his imaginations about what he would use the rifle for or the, the BB mm-hmm. gun for to protect mm-hmm. his home from yeah. hordes of bad guys and robbers. <laughs> bandits. <laughs> bandits. And the, and the robbers look like bandits would look to a, you know, a 10 year old mm-hmm. kid. Mm-hmm. With, uh, the you know the black masks on and the striped shirts and everything right right so good it's yeah. so good well and you know you talk about a good example of the of the drama was when he got his mouth washed out with soap <laughs> <laughs> and he's imagining you know himself being blind and how did he how did he get blind it was it was soap poisoning and the and the mother's like, oh, it's, you know, I'm so sorry and apologizing because it's all her fault that her son has that, gone that, blind. That is all any young kid ever wants is for their parents to be so sorry that they yeah. punished them, you know? Yeah, I'll show you. Right. <laughs> I'll go blind and it's going to be your fault. <laughs> yeah, this really good. So but, you know, but also some really funny funny parts santa claus you'll shoot your eye out kid all mm-hmm. that stuff waiting in line but also some really you know heartwarming um, right. moments too that you know demonstrate uh what it meant to be a family and you know family around christmas time and, and these mm-hmm. are these are folks that don't have a, a whole lot i mean they seem like fairly middle class midwestern right uh, you know kind of reminds us of us and the people we hung out with and associated with and mm-hmm. and they uh you know do do uh, come together for the holidays and and share a lot of uh really nice gift giving mm-hmm. and, and happy moments and all the things that would obviously make this for the the narrator looking back his number one christmas that he remembers yeah you know, throughout his entire life what what is your most favorite heartwarming scene you know it's got to be when um the dad notices notices the extra box that yes. one extra box you know tucked behind the tucked yeah. behind the the desk and because uh, especially as a parent you just it's really hard to resist that kind of stuff it, it is I, I know you you and dad used to do that to us kind of lead us on about to, uh, I'll go ahead and say lie I'll just say it. <laughs> about what you were able to get us for Christmas or not. And mm-hmm. to get that surprise factor and that wow factor. And it really is kind of a really uh, potent recipe for mm-hmm. really happy Christmas memories. So, well, and, and what I love about that particular scene too, is he opens up the, the, they finds the extra box. He opens it up and there's the BB gun with the compass on the stock. And as he's putting the BBs in and loading it, you can see the dad is, is imagine you know is is also making those same motions, reliving it, it himself. You know, pretending he's got this you know invisible BB gun, that, and it just you know because the dad, he is so funny in this movie, but he you know he also, um, I don't know if gruff is the right word, but it just shows shows such a soft spot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, I talk all the time. I, you know, I tell Natalie, I'm like, as a dad, the affection we share or show to our kids now, our generation, Mm -hmm. it's like every 10 minutes, I'm telling one of my kiddos, Hey man, love you. Snuggling, you know, giving them a big hug or whatever. Back then it just wasn't like that. I think it was much more the 
culture and custom mm-hmm. to have more of a stiff upper lip, to demonstrate, yeah. you know, stoicism and to mm-hmm. be less emotional and to see those hints into the dad really, you know, having just yeah. thrilled about this and sharing in this moment, I think is, is really tender. Very true to life. You know, I wonder yeah. if ever, I, we didn't do as much research on all of these as we would typically do on an Anderson family favorites, but you know, whoever wrote that screenplay was obviously writing from a, from yeah. a place of personal experience when they wrote that character, no doubt about yeah. it. Yeah. Great, great movie. Highly recommend. Okay. Next we have a Christmas Carol. There are lots of terrific versions. Um, the Muppet Christmas Carol is excellent. There's a Patrick Stewart mm-hmm. Christmas Carol. Um, I mean, there's a musical Scrooge that my wife, Natalie, her and her family watch mm-hmm. every holiday season. I'd like to actually talk about the George C. Scott version. Yeah. Which is my personal favorite just because George C. Scott is a, is a, just like a force of nature in this movie. And yeah. really is Scrooge all the way down. It's like he reached right into Charles Dickens's brain and just pulled him out and completely exemplified you know we talk about a gruff exterior this is not a tender person with a gruff exterior this is a truly miserable yeah unfun to be around human yeah to to the core uh, a miserable person no yeah exactly to to the absolute core and you know watching him go through that transformation george c scott i mean just takes you on the roller coaster ride and buckles up and then to the end he really does play this super lighthearted, giddy, changed mm-hmm. human being. And it's a pretty, you know, it's pretty, pretty neat thing to watch. And you, you feel mm-hmm. that relief too, coming, coming from yeah. that visit with the ghost of Christmas future, which is one of the darker ones. Oh yeah. Um, scarier ones. I don't know that I would you know, show my little kids this movie for quite some time, just because mm-hmm. that, that scene is so dark and, and kind of spooky. You, know, you you almost feel the same relief as the viewer of the movie uh, yeah. as Scrooge is waking up and realizing it was all all a dream and he gets this yeah. second chance on life. Well, and, and I will say too, I think that you brought up a point that I was thinking about too. It, with, with little kids, start off on the, uh, the Muppet version. But if you've got teenagers, young adults in your family, just go straight to George with the George Scott one. Like, I really think that that's the best it packs the biggest emotional punch in my mm-hmm. mind and it's just mm-hmm. like a tour de force like i said from from mr george c yeah mm-hmm. yeah and it's got it's got kind of some of these really nice like jane austen vibes too like pride and prejudice some of the mm-hmm. scenes at the dinner party during christmas present and yeah some of the, you know the drama of his past and his upbringing and his you know basically spurning his mm-hmm. shot of true love for his own you know career professional ambitions and all that has got you know some hints of pride and prejudice and sense and sensibility to it too which is uh, which i appreciate in this version as well yeah yeah i just think it's a yeah it's a great ensemble it's a a great group of actors the little boy who's tiny tim and oh my goodness bob cratchit and all that is just just really yeah yeah Okay, uh, and we always say when Bob Cratchit tastes the the pudding, he, the whole family's you know sitting around and watching him, and he takes a bite. And he holds this really like somber face, and then looks up at his wife and says, "A triumph, my dear, another triumph." <laughs> but yeah. for everything, like whenever yeah. Natalie like makes a grilled cheese, I'm like, "A triumph, my dear, another triumph." <laughs> <laughs> it's 
So that's yeah. fun. And I think that isn't that the fun of movies. I mean, yeah. is to is using the lines in real life. <laughs> they just and we talk about this a lot in Anderson Family Favorites. The the lines from movies that just and using that line describes life's situation that you find yourself in, or yeah. gives you the perfect answer to a to a to a question. Yeah, and they become so interchangeable that you start to forget where it even came from. It's just because right. the, the family vernacular. That, that's right. Okay. Any other thoughts on a Christmas Carol other than 10 out of 10 would recommend? Uh, would, would, would recommend. I, I do feel like that one needs a little bit of it. Like you say, an age appropriate uh, warning on it. I don't, I don't know. The little ones would like you, like what you pointed out. Yep. Uh, but like you said, that's a great point too. Muppet Christmas Carol. The story is still yeah. wonderful. And you know, should I think kids should all see it as soon as possible? Maybe just steer them towards the the Muppet, right. which is also excellent. Yeah, right. Because the point can be taken and can be taught for all ages. Just choose the version that's most appropriate for your age of kiddos. Yep. Great point. Okay, up next, the classic. Oh my! Kid takes on <laughs> intruding home in, home invaders. <laughs> oh my goodness. I haven't even said it yet, and I'm so excited. <laughs> and I think we need to make it clear we're talking about Home Alone 1, the original. Yes. I don't think Home Alone 2 is as bad as I remembered it. We recently watched Home Alone 2 Lost in New York with our kids. Mm-hmm. They loved all of the, you know, the, right. the, the hijinks of it all. The same. Home Alone 2 really drags, like yeah. really drags. There's that whole subplot where he checks into the Plaza Hotel. They find his credit card. They like try and stop him. He runs out. They try yeah. to recreate the kind of old man Marley situation by meeting the pigeon lady. And it is really a long time before the action starts. Mm-hmm. And Joe Pesci and... Um, Daniel Stern are really sidelined for most of Home Alone 2 and they're some of the best parts of Home Alone 1. So agree. Yeah. It, it's it's not as bad as I remember it, but Home Alone 1 is definitely yeah. the better movie. I, I think so too. And you know, I, I think maybe three Christmases ago, the movie theater in our town during the Christmas season, they would run, you know, the older older Christmas movies. And one of them was Home Alone. And to watch that again on the movie screen, that was just, that was so awesome. It was, it's it's goofy and all of that, but also there's some real characters in there. There's real feeling and touching moments, you know, when the mom is trying to get home. And I'm not, I'm not going to remember this full quote, but, you know, something about the devil himself will not, you know, <laughs> keep I'm her from. I'm tired. I've been awake for 60 hours. You know, give yeah. me, give me on a plane. And I, you know, I, yeah. I can picture you, you know, doing the, doing yeah. the same thing, you know, where you just. Yeah. You know, Nothing will mama, keep me from mama, getting home. The mama bear is out. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Captain yeah. Hera is great. She's great. And I, I remember the first time I watched that and even in subsequent times thinking, oh my goodness, what would I do? I just panic for her. I, I just panic because having a large family, I can see that that could happen. 
boy, I, I'll tell you. I mean, it's 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 there are times when we're at the park with just four. I mean, you know, Natalie and I mm-hmm. we have four kids, and all of a sudden someone's looking at the dog, and someone's playing frisbee with the other kids. And next thing, you know, a stranger's walking over our two-year-old our team, like, "Hey, he was out by the street," and we're like, "Oh my gosh!" You know? Yeah, yeah. This, this scenario, what what works about this movie in my mind is what you're talking about. This very believable scenario. You've got all this extended family. You've got a power outage the night before. No one's alarm goes off. So you are in an absolute panic. And anyone who's ever air traveled and gotten a late jump to the airport knows exactly what that's like. Right. Some, some, you know, dweeby neighbor kid is there with a similar looking hat. You just count him. think everyone's yeah. there. You're rushing through security and, you know, doing all that. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, someone forgot to go over the attic to get. get you're on a plane going over the ocean. Yeah, there is no way getting out of that. And, um, and then it's just, you know, it's so fun to watch him figure life out and go from being this little scared, can't handle life at all to, you know, setting a trap for the burglars. And, uh, and then the story with with the, uh, oh, you know, the old man across the street, what was his name? Old man Marley. Yeah. Yeah. Old man Marley. Thank you. <laughs> all of a sudden, I thought, no, that's not the right name. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was such a touching, a it touching thing too. I, I was listening to a, a podcast the other week and they were talking about Home Alone. And I guess, you know, Marley wasn't even in the first cut of the movie, which is oh, you know, really? Wow. How shocking that is because he kind of forms one half of the emotional center of the movie. Obviously, you know, Catherine O'Hara yeah. should get back to Kevin's one. And Marley's the other. And, you know, just kind of that whole judging a book by his cover and, you mm-hmm. know, that, that, uh, experience about his son and making amends there and, and kind of rebridging that gap and yeah when when, when we see his son and his wife and his daughter you know come to his house and yeah it also too gave a sense that, that at least there was an adult somewhere kind of watching out for him yeah yeah you know just just from a parent perspective i thought okay we've got him across the street <laughs> oh thank goodness yes <laughs> i don't know Okay, here's here's a question for you. So, and we didn't even talk about you know Joe Pesci, who's one of the great oh, actors yeah. of our generation. Um, what is it about? Because you know, there's two two parts where my kids laugh hysterically, tears running out of their eyes. One is when he uses the movie to trick the pizza guy. Yeah. <laughs> for yes. whatever reason, they just could not get enough of that scene. Yeah. Um, and again, the same thing in Home Alone 2 when he uses it to trick the hotel staff. They just mm-hmm. love that so much. And then the other thing is during the whole like robbery, attempted robbery, they're getting hit with paint cans and tripping on micro cars mm-hmm. and irons are coming down and falling on them and everything. And my kids are belly laughing the entire time. So how is it that this movie basically was able to take slapstick comedy which yeah. really, I mean, Three Stooges doesn't do much for me. Right. But they did it in a way that works and works incredibly well and is really fun and funny to watch over and over again. Why, why is that? How do they do that? Well, I, I think they did a couple things. You know, f- physical, physical comedy, um, it's not always easy to pull off and it doesn't always play. I think, you know, and I agree with you slapstick humor doesn't do much for me, but I think they did two, two things come to my mind real quickly. The first one is it is so over the top. (laughs) 
it is so over the top. I mean, everything that could have happened that happened really should have killed them. The paint cans hitting them in the head. As someone who played, you know, pickup football and a year ago and you know, accidentally collided with somebody, I thought, well, I'm I'm going to the ER now. This is it. Yeah. That's right. And and I think when it when it's so over the top, then you know it's not real. That some people aren't really getting hurt. Where if you see like even sometimes, you know, another movie in which there there things are happening to people, you're just like, oh, ouch, you know, and it makes you uncomfortable. This is so over the top that you're just it's it's you just go straight to laughter because it's it's not it's not it's just pure fantasy. The other thing is is you're rooting for the kid. They gave you the perfect person to root for, and um, so I think that that makes it enjoyable that that the kid, this kid is able to get one over on these adult burglars. And I think that's every kid's fantasy that they, right. That they can beat up yeah. the bad guys and in right. so and their anxieties. The police, and, I'm going to set, you know, yeah. Machine traps around. My that's house. right. Yeah. Roll out that map and, you know, eat your macaroni and cheese. And then, you know, it's on. I'll, I'll tell you, you know, that map is iconic. He's got the blueprint of his house and all oh, yeah. I mean, me and Eric made, you know, at least seven versions of that map. Of our <laughs> what trash we would lay down. Yeah. And, and so, vision. yeah, I just think it hits all the good spots and, um, it, and it works. It just works because you are laughing. Well, I mean, when you think about it, this guy's hitting the, the guy with a tire iron trying to kill the spider. <laughs> That's my favorite. That's actually my, that's where I, you know, now as an adult watching it, that's where I laugh the hardest. When yeah. you know, that spider's crawling on him and he's telling Harry, yeah. don't move. You know, that's great. Well said. Okay. Uh, anything else on Home Alone? No, but it's, it's a great movie. Okay. This goes without saying 10 out of 10 would recommend. Yep. Um, okay. The Grinch. Okay. What a, what a film. If you if you read the Dr. Seuss book, mm-hmm. which I have to my children, there is really not that much to go off of. Right. The basic building blocks are kind of there. Mm-hmm. What Ron Howard has done You're is talking about the Jim Carrey version. The Jim Carrey version, yes. It has Yes, the live-action Jim Carrey. Sorry, I should clarify. We're talking about the live-action Jim Carrey version of The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. He has taken the building blocks and really flushed out a character that is completely developed, yeah, completely arced very well, yeah. given him the, you know, the Christine Baranski backstory crush. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the muscles, yeah. Um, and, and also to brought a world to life that really, if you look at Dr. Seuss, the illustrations in his book is like hard to bring that to life in a way that's not like, like a weird yeah. crystal David Bowie labyrinth type. Yeah. I mean, the, the cat in the hat with Michael Myers did not work. So here's, here's no. how easy it is to get it wrong. Yeah. They walk that tightrope really well and made it, uh, uh, fun, happy, not like 
weird, trippy. It's weird, right. trippy, but in 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 a good way, to where you yeah. want to be back there and you're not sort of weirded out by this, you know, six foot five man in a giant fur green <laughs> suit. It's just right. So great. Right. Yeah. Which is a, a, a feat to have to, that is something you have to conquer, I think is what I'm trying to say, because it really could very quickly go go the way of the cat in the hat, where I wouldn't let my kids watch cat in the hat. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so there is a fine line there. And, you know, Dr. Seuss, Dr. Seuss's world to be interpreted is, is, a, is a bit of a, a, a trick. And Ron Howard, I, I think, nailed it. Yeah. And of course, you know, Jim Carrey is, uh, again, we talked about this in the Christmas Carol with Georgie Scott. He's, he's a tour de force throughout this entire, entire movie. He's so funny. Yeah. You get the sense that there was a bare bones script, but a lot of my favorite lines just had, had to be improvised by yeah. Jim Carrey on the spot there. There's no way that they were written out that way. No, no. I think, I think Ron Howard just said, this is where we need to end up at. Like at, at, in the end, this is, you're going to go to the, you're going to go, you know, to the, to the Christmas tree lighting. And then he just said action <laughs> <laughs> and let it go. Um, what age do you think kids would, would enjoy this movie? So my four-year-old would probably um, be up in the night in our bed for a week after watching this. I would say, six or seven at least yeah probably. yeah and and then i would say you know the movie cartoon movie i grew up with would probably be one for a good one for the, the the little ones i i did not like the most recent we, oh the benedict cumberbatch no one? yeah no i did not enjoy that one and so i would either go with the cartoon the little little children and then your older children you know bring in jim carrey yeah, why is that? I mean, uh, is it because the, the new one didn't do it for me either? I think I did, you know, I fell asleep during the screening of that with my kids. Yeah, they 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 changed who the Grinch was. You know, I, they, I, I, didn't, I didn't like what they did with his personality. I didn't like his, his cave. I didn't, I didn't like yeah. the, the dialogue. I didn't like the other character. I, I just didn't work. Yeah. I, so think I, think, I think they strayed too far, probably. They strayed too far. I think they took a Dr. Seuss and tried something different and it didn't work. The Grinch in the in, in the newer one, he just really wasn't a Grinch. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know how else to put it. Misunderstood yeah. middle school student. Yeah. 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 So uh, those would be my recommendations. The The older movie with the you know, cartoons or for older children, the Jim, the Jim Carrey. Agreed. hundred percent. Okay. Uh, three more. Let's, let's, uh, let's kind of power through these here. Uh, let's talk about Christmas Chronicles. Now I have a, I, I can, a, a admission. I had told mom that I would watch this before we recorded and uh, was not actually able to do so. So mom, I'm going to turn this over to you. I, l- l- why don't we do this? I'm going to watch this movie, no doubt about it. I'm going to watch it with my older children who have, you know, figured out the truth about Santa Claus. I don't want to show it to uh, my younger two who still Mm -hmm. passionately believe because I'm afraid the premise of it will plant in their minds the idea that 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 uh, is not real. Yeah. Right. So 
I need to find the right time to watch it with my older two, my older two only, but we mm-hmm. definitely gonna watch it because I know it is so, you know, well-spoken of. What is the case for those like myself who maybe haven't gotten around to this one to add it to their Christmas movie rotation? So the, the cast for Christmas Chronicles is Kurt Russell, who doesn't love Kurt Russell, is Santa Claus. Judah Lewis mm-hmm. plays Teddy Pierce. Darby Camp plays Kate Pierce, their brother and sister, and the lead in the roles. Kimberly Williams plays their mother. And we have a well, I don't want I don't want to ruin ruin the movie, but there's a there's a um, an appearance by uh, kind of a fun a, a, an actor that is connected to Kurt Russell, which I've probably now given it away. But different, which is which is kind of a, a kind of fun. Kurt Russell is awesome. Yeah, yeah. He he doesn't look like a stereotypical Santa Claus. He he's hunky. Um, He's handsome. He's handsome. He's um, he doesn't say ho ho ho. The kids they've lost their father. The 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 brother and sister aren't getting along. The sister kind of blackmails the brother into staying up and, and filming Santa when Santa comes. And lo and behold, Santa comes. He's on the film. They run out. They get caught in the sled. Things happen. The sled crashes. He loses his bag. He loses his hat where, where all of his magic is. And he tells the kids, go home. He'll, he has to go find his hat or he's not going to be able to deliver, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the kids don't go home. Other things ensue. <laughs> but I don't want to ruin the end. And I, <clears throat> there, is a, there is a thread that is pulled throughout this movie. And at the end, it's very, very touching. And anyway... It's just a different kind of a Christmas tale. It's a different story. And, you know, it, it, you come out, it would be great for the, for the child that's about nine or 10 that's just thinking, is there really a Santa Claus? Because it does ask that question. It's, it's asked and answered. Yeah. So, so this is more, it's, it's not a straight comedy, although I'm sure there's, there's, it's, it, it. Yeah, it's funny, but it's not comedic like what we're going to talk about, like the L four, mm-hmm. you know, one of those, um, or you know, but it, it, but it, but it is funny and it's charming, and you have some really good stories. You know, when the mom has to leave for work. They see something. She goes, "You know, all I want for Christmas is the two of you to get along." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. So that sets up the, the what's going on in that house, you know. On, on Christmas Eve and they're both very upset because this is their first Christmas without their dad. And so you have that wonderful story arc of the, of the two siblings learning how to, how to get along and, and how to defend each other. And, and uh, I don't know, it's just, it's just really, I, I can't really go into it more because then it kind of gives some things away, but I love Kurt Russell just does a wonderful job with this. And the, the kid actors, do, do a wonderful job as well. That's great. So so this this would be the the pick for something. I mean, all these movies that we have listed so far are at least uh, 20 years old. I think The Grinch came out in 2000. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for something a little a, a more modern, you know, yeah. updated take, this would be a great way to dip the toe in, you know. That's great. Well, it, it's it's on it's on our list for sure. So I will I'll report back to you mom after yeah, we've watched it. 
Okay, uh, speaking of non-traditional, uh, Elf, starring Will Ferrell. Yep. And, and, oh my goodness, what's his name? Khan. Oh, yeah, James Khan. James Khan. thank you. Woo, that's close. <laughs> Gave me the assist there. James Khan, Zoe Deschanel, and, you know, lots of, Mary Steenburgen, lots of others. Yeah. This, this is one that I remember watching when I was in high school. It is a particular brand of humor. No doubt mm-hmm. about it. Will Ferrell, you either really, really like him or you don't a lot of times. You know, mm-hmm. he, he, he has a very uh, particular comedic style. Right. Um, I, I find this movie just incredibly charming. And I find this movie, you know, very heartfelt it is a little bit strange the optics of it to have the childlike wonder expressed from a 45 year old will ferrell at the time right. <laughs> as right. an elf looking for his is a uh, uh, human raised as an elf in the north pole looking for his biological father um but there's just so many really wonderful you know moments including the end you know the the, the sing-along to put the magic back in santa's slaves played by played mm-hmm. by you know the legend himself ed osner who you know, we, we, we love very much. And um, I think, you know, we're, we're maybe the two biggest up fans in history. Yeah. Yeah. And, and my experience with Ed Asner even goes before that. I mean, um, one of my favorite sitcoms growing up, I mean, he's done a lot of stuff, but just personally for me, the Mary Tyler Moore show Mm -hmm. and he was the boss in that. And I, um, it's one of my favorite childhood memories is that show and with him. And so I've been interested in anything that he's ever done. And he does, he does elf. Well, I will admit that I did not like elf the first time I watched it. Okay. And and I think that goes with what you're saying about, you know, not everybody's, it, it is a little bit different kind of humor. And I think you have to just go with it. I think you just have to go with this, Man, being this <laughs> childlike elf, wearing skin tight, you know, green tight, yeah. wanting to hug everybody and put syrup on everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's almost like the first time you watch it, you're not sure where you're supposed to laugh. Right, right. And it's not until you know I I saw it two or three times with other friends recounting our favorite parts that we realized, oh, those were the jokes. You know, right, right. That's a funny. Right, and and it also has Bob Newhart. I, but Newhart and 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 Will Ferrell are kindred. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, you know, his mumbly stumbling yeah. thing, right at the very beginning, just kind of his introduction to the whole yeah. story of the North Pole. Well, and he has this movie. Yeah, and he has this underton- understated, dry comedy, and then you've got Will Ferrell, Ferrell, who is over the top, <laughs> you know comedy and physical comedy and the two just go together so well perfect yeah i mean yeah. they really just complement each other so well that's a, yeah. that's a terrific point yeah but i after um i think the second time through i was much more comfortable with it and the the storyline truly is charming however kids who still believe in who do believe in santa claus probably should not 
Yeah, it's going to clue them in. Watch obviously. it. Yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll start the wheels turning, and you know, have them have them asking questions. Especially yeah. the scene, which is one of my favorites, when the when the fake Santa shows up at the department store. Yeah. And Will Ferrell yeah. has a complete, you know, just yeah. crisis of. Yeah. Uh, You're not Santa Claus. Yeah. You smell, you smell like beef and cheese. You know. You don't, yeah. you don't smell yeah. like Santa. Yeah. Yeah. Really okay. Anything else about Elf? No, great movie. Great movie, very quotable. Um, okay, last one, and I I save this for last. It's my, it's it's not it's my favorite movie. It's not even my favorite Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. It, you know, the, you can make kind of a case that it's not a true Christmas movie. Um, I think that everyone watches it around Christmas, obviously, uh, because of the ending scene. And the sentiment behind, yeah, it's a kind of a Christmas sentiment. The sentiment behind it. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's a Wonderful Life, the fa- the Frank Capra classic starring Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed. I, I, this this is my favorite movie. And I got um, sort of turned on to this later in life. I, I remember, Mom, it, Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. going to sleep and seeing Dad and Stephanie yep. drinking eggnog and starting It's a Wonderful Life you know, maybe nine, 10 o'clock. Yeah. Late, late at night. Yeah. Late at night. And I remember thinking, you guys are crazy. <laughs> it's Christmas Eve. There's presents tomorrow. Let's all go to bed and hit the time warp to tomorrow. And now, I mean, there's not a, a year that goes by that we don't watch this movie. It's my favorite movie mm-hmm. um, of, of all the movies. Like, like I said, not just Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is, uh, I mean, what can you say about it? Where do you even start this this story of a of a person who, you know, not always with the with the best enthusiasm, but always makes the hard choice to think about others instead of himself, mm-hmm. realizing the effect that that has on the people around him and the lives that he's affecting. It's just an incredibly moving for me, a very personally moving experience. Well. To watch. Yes. And it, and it underscores for all of us who have just normal average lives that we should never underestimate the effect of our average lives. And then it's easy, it's easy to say, well, you know, really, what do I contribute? Me getting up every morning and doing laundry three times a week and making three meals a day and cleaning up the house and all of these never ending chores of a mother or a person, we would go to work and we're just kind of feel like maybe we're just kind of checking the box of life, but not really making a difference. And I feel like that movie gives us the hope and the understanding that we all make a difference. Well, and that that point is so powerfully driven home when Clarence is walking him through and and Jimmy Stewart's asking, you know, George Bailey's asking, where's this? Where's that? And he Mm -hmm. explains, well, you, you know, you were never here. So you weren't here to save the the pharmacist's job and you weren't, you know, here to save the bank. Yeah. No one stood up for these people and et cetera, Mm -hmm. et cetera. This is life without it. And it's exactly what you're what you're talking about. And then, you know, again, it, it's got a similar theme to a Christmas carol when he realizes he's getting a second chance at it. And mm-hmm. man, if that's not, he comes home and he's hugging his kids and they're playing Hark the Herald Angel and the yeah. neighbors can start pouring in to kind of bail him out with the, you know, to make up mm-hmm. for the lost money. And 
it really is just, I mean, I don't know how you end a film any better. I don't either. And Zuzu's pedals. Zuzu's and, you, pedals yeah. <laughs> and, you know, also going back to that theme, you know, his house, you know, was broken down and needed things fixing. And, you know, it's easy to get into some sort of a, a martyr complex in our life. I work and I work and what does it go for and what does it do? And just that appreciation for the mundane yeah. and the martyr complex is gone Yeah, and, and gratitude replaces. replaces well, and, and, and one of the other really, I think, brilliant choices that, that, that uh, the movie makes every time I've ever watched it, cause I'm always, you know, introducing it to friends. Oh, you've never seen it. Come over. You know, we'll do hot mm-hmm. chocolate. And we'll watch it without fail. Every person who's watched it for the first time always asks, well, wait a minute. Didn't they catch old man Potter? Like Potter stole the money. Like, didn't they find out it was him? And, and uh, which I think is a very natural reaction. Mm -hmm. You know, Potter blatantly steals a fortune from them. You know, $8,000 back then is that right? And then for some $8,000 was a year's salary. Right, exactly. I mean, just just an absolute fortune, and then has the audacity to you know basically tell George, you know, he's he's worthless and he's going to jail and all this stuff, and and at the at the end, the movie never addresses it. They never bring Potter to justice. There's no closure. Like, where did the money go? And and I think it's a brilliant choice to say, doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. I never thought about it. I never really thought about it in that way. Doesn't matter. Potter can get away with this for the rest of his life. You know, his choices in life, he or, he, or he's going to have to live mm-hmm. it the same way. Mm-hmm. As a flip side of George Bailey's choices that he gets to live with in life because of yeah of he's generated through his selfless actions and yeah you know, the, the the town you know pulled together and came up with the money and and mm-hmm. you know it's it's not important anymore and i think that's a really you know powerful powerful yeah. and a very very smart artistic choice too yeah boy i i agree with you i never really i just always got so wrapped up in the ending and you know clarence getting his wings and all of that <laughs> and i never really thought about it but what a what a great point and 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 what a wonderful statement that we are all responsible for our own lives and yeah you know uh, what, what what age would you recommend for this one? I mean, I, I, there's nothing too too inappropriate, I don't think, about it. But it is such a sophisticated movie, I think, that I I want none of my kids have seen it, yeah. only because I think they're going to get bored of it, and I want them to really experience mm-hmm. the magic i mean there's this you and i mom we talk about movie magic uh, mm-hmm. moments it's like et and and uh basically anything steven spielberg's done or whatever i mean right. this movie is just full of movie magic moments i want them to be old enough to really appreciate what they're seeing so yeah when obviously as a you know a kid watching stephanie my older sister and my dad watch it i didn't have that appreciation for it so what would you, right. what would you recommend well, let me say one thing before I before I put an age on it. And the first one is I did this with books, and I would I would say this with with movies with these kinds of messages too that you really want your kids to get and really want them to love is if they're re- they're reading a book or they're watching a movie they don't 
They don't get it. Turn it off and just say, you know what, we're going to try it again later. And I think that that has helped. And then I've reintroduced books to my children later that they end up, that were important to me, that they get and that they love. And so that works. So if you if you try this out and the kids are like, oh, this is awful, just turn it off and wait a few years and try it again. Because and, and I say that because I think like you, that's kind of go a little dark when he's upset with life. And there's a lot of storylines that the kids won't get. But I think it's a great one for teenagers, really. Yeah. I think 13, 14, if they can get the point of the movie and, and internalize that into their life, that that's that's wonderful. And they're they're kind of the age where they're kind of dissatisfied with their lives a little bit. <laughs> you know, I don't have a cool car like my friends, or why are we right. why do we not get to eat, you know, at a restaurant every weekend and all this stuff? And yeah, yeah. And angst. you know, they they they've got the world by the tail, they know everything, and then they're stuck with these parents that don't know anything. And, you know, and so I think it would be a great message for all teenagers to, to hear, to, to listen to. And so it might be kind of a fun to put the little ones to bed and have the older ones stay up, stay up with you and, and, and watch it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's we, one of those movies you don't even have to explain. Just let your, your kids will get it. You know, yeah, if they're I, into it. I, I hope so. I can't, I can't wait. It's one of those things I just can't wait to share with them. I mean, yeah. It's 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 a movie where the ten best scenes of this movie are better than the first best scene of like ninety percent of all other movies. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so good. I mean, scene after scene after scene, and Jimmy Stewart is just great, and you know, so so. In yeah, your, and it's, and, it, and again, such a relatable story. You know, he falls in love with with his wife and they get married and full of hope and optimism. And then the discouragements of life, the realities of life. Yes. Similar to, again, talking about up, you know, they've got, they've got that jar, their savings Mm -hmm. to go on their adventure and they've got to smash it open. Yeah. Life happens as it always does to everybody. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that's kind of a similar beat. That's, yeah. It's wonderful life. They're on their way to their honeymoon when they've got to use their savings to keep the, the building and loan afloat, you know, right. keep the run on the bank from happening and right. all that stuff. I mean, it's just instance after instance after instance of that. And yeah. And I think we can all relate to it. Maybe, maybe none so much more better than, than this year that we've just had. Oh man. Um, yeah. But it is, it is a, it is a real life theme when we, we, we start whatever we're going to start, a marriage, a job, a new, a new era, you know, with such optimism. And then life just has a way of whittling that down and whittling away our gratitude and our perspective so that we, we start seeing things just out of a thin light. And, um, you know, we need, we need these things to remind, remind ourselves that there's a bigger picture here. And, and bigger things at play than just, you know, that, that our little core of the world is, is contributing to the whole picture. Yeah. Yeah. Very well said. It's very, very true. And again, just cannot, can I recommend this one's an 11 out of 10 from my, yeah. I don't know what Abs- you would absolutely. score it, but this is again, my favorite movie. And one of the things it, I look forward to. Yeah. It, it, it's a much must watch and a great one to watch around Christmas when, when the spirit of Christmas and the true meaning of Christmas can often be lost 
and the stresses of trying to put on a Christmas are high under, you know, some, some very stressful and hard circumstances sometimes. No doubt about it. And I, and I would say too, I would actually recommend there is a colored remastered version of it. I would recommend watching that. I, Oh, I've not seen that one. I was a black and white purist for a long time, finally broke down and, and tried the colored a couple years ago. And it is actually, it's, it's a better, it's a better viewing experience. Yeah. So I would, I would recommend that it's, it looks beautiful. And it's really fun to see. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Any other thoughts on Christmas movies, mom? I think we're, we're through the list. No, other than Christmas movies are fun. They're, the <laughs> They're just, they are just the best and such a wonderful part of our at least you know our our Christmas season always I mean we lived away from family and you know after the kids wake you up at six o'clock in the morning and their presents are all unwrapped by six by six thirty <laughs> breakfast is done by six forty five <laughs> and we would have the rest of the day without any kind of activity or anything to go do we we started a a um family tradition of going to see a movie on Christmas day. And um, so movies have always played, played a big part. We always watched, you know, movies, you know, Christmas Eve and throughout the Christmas vacation, we'd watch all of our favorites. And so, I don't know, they just bring, they just have great memories for me and make me, make me smile when I think about it's, it's Christmas movie season. Yeah. I mean, I even just, I'm, you know, getting kind of nostalgic, just, Remember going in force, walking across the movie theater parking lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just having that image, you know, going to go see whatever, yeah. you know, whatever the big, the big blockbuster was that was released yeah. on the holidays. As a our, our, the first movie we ever went to go see was Toy Story. Oh man, what a, what a, we could, way, yeah. way to, what a, what a way to, to <laughs> tradition. I'd forgotten that that was our very first movie. Wow. Very first we movie. That, we knocked that one out of the park. No wonder why we did it every year. After yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah, the only the only time we weren't able to go is when Christmas landed on a Sunday. But other than that, we went every every year. So anyway, do you have any last words or thoughts? No, thanks for letting me come on and indulge me to do some to do oh. some talk. Anytime you got my number. Yeah. <laughs> I know where you live. <laughs> oh, we're talking oh. movies? I'll be right there. That's right. That's right. No, so fun. And like I said. Daniel and I have our have a Anderson Family Favorites podcast that we love doing. We talk about uh, so far we've just done movies, but I think we're going to expand into TV shows and different things like that. As I say, there's no there's no predictable theme to it other than it was on at our house all the time growing yeah. up. So, yeah. 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 Without a doubt, something that is interesting to you will will be featured at some point. So yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, Daniel, this has been. So fun to discuss these movies. I am looking forward to um, the next episode as well. I've got one last episode this season, and it's going to be Anderson Christmas, uh, Anderson Family Christmas. And I've got all my kids on, and we're going to talk about um, their Christmases growing up and traditions and uh, uh, other things. And so I look forward to that and hope you'll join me on that. Uh, and Thanks again, Daniel, for, for joining me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moms, you know, holiday season can be stressful. We can feel overwhelmed. 
But please always remember you're doing better than you think.